Hi, it's Chris again with Nightfall Audiobooks. This time, we are back on Fear Street, and this is The Rich Girl by R.L. Stein. I have not read this before. One of my commenters gave me a request for it, and I'm answering it. So, this is for you. I skimmed through the book, and it seems to be a very fast read. It also seems to be the last Fear Street novel that does not read like a Goosebumps novel. I just purchased Cat, and I'm holding that in front of me right now. And that is 30 chapters long, but it's 120 pages, and it's from the first-person perspective, and it feels like a very long Goosebumps novel, which is a shame. I mean, you go from these in-depth personalities and these complex story plots and things and socioeconomic issues and things like that to Goosebumps to Goosebumps in a Fear Street wrapper. I was going to read the super chiller High Tide, and when I was reading through that, that felt like the exact same thing as Cat. It felt like an overly long Goosebumps novel with cheap scares and simplistic descriptions. And this is one of the reasons why I can't get behind Goosebumps. I look at it, I roll my eyes, I groan, and I don't have any motivation at all to read the book. Will I read Cat in High Tide? I have to, because they're a part of my mission statement, so yes, I will eventually read them. Am I looking forward to it now? Not really, unfortunately. So let's get started. If you want to get in touch with me, you can write me an email, nightfallaudiobooks at gmail.com. I'm also on YouTube at Nightfall Audiobooks. Feel free to like, comment, and subscribe. I love hearing what you have to say. Tell me anything. Give me recommendations, because recommendations help me select the next book that I want to read. So tell your friends, tell your mom, tell whoever you think would like to listen to me, tell them tales from R.L. Stein. Thank you very much for listening, and let's begin. Welcome to a Nightfall Audiobooks production of The Rich Girl by R.L. Stein, a Fear Street novel, book 44. Chapter 1 Sidney Shue tossed the metal scoop back into the popcorn maker and hurried to the other end of the concession counter. "'Did you notice who Kathy Harper just walked into the movies with?' she whispered to her best friend, Emma Naylor. "'Marty Griffin!' "'You're kidding!' Emma stopped wiping the glass-topped counter and stared in surprise. "'I thought they broke up!' "'They did,' Sidney replied. "'But I just saw them laughing and holding hands and everything. They're obviously back together.' That's their fourth breakup and makeup this year, Emma remarked. She began wiping the counter again. Let's see. This is April, right? They'll probably break up and get back together at least two more times before school's out. They're definitely going to set a record. Sydney snickered and began to refill a napkin dispenser. The best part about her job at the Cineplex in the Division Street Mall was that Emma worked there, too. The two of them had been best friends since sixth grade, but they hadn't been hanging out together much lately. Probably because I've been seeing so much of Jason, Sidney thought. Jason Phillips, Sidney's new boyfriend, was not one of Emma's favorite people. Emma hadn't come right out and said anything, but Sidney could tell. Her friend's blue eyes would practically ice over whenever Jason was around. Emma just needs a chance to get to know Jason better, Sidney thought. She pushed a strand of dark, curly hair off her forehead. Jason's coming to my house later to study for Wednesday's history test. Why don't you come too, she suggested. We could pick up a pizza. Emma shook her head. I'd better not. I want to talk to the manager when he comes in later, 
See if I can get an extra shift here. Emma stared at her. More work? Emma, you already work three evenings a week plus weekends. Believe me, I know how much I work, Emma said, rolling her eyes. She sighed. But I have to do something to earn more money. Things are getting really bad. What do you mean? It's my mom, Emma explained, tucking her long blonde hair behind her ears. She hurt her knee when she was younger, and it never really healed right. The doctor says she really needs an operation. Sydney frowned in sympathy. Emma's mother worked as a waitress in a Shadyside diner. She was on her feet from four to midnight, six days a week. You mean the diner won't pay her for the time she's out for the operation? She asked. Is that why you need extra money? Emma snorted. The diner won't pay her while she's out, and they're going to fire her if she doesn't get her knee fixed soon? They say the customers are starting to complain because she's so slow. That's rotten, Sydney declared. Tell me about it, Emma sighed again. Plus, we don't have any insurance, so we have to pay for the operation ourselves, and we can't unless I find a way to make more money. Before Sydney could reply, a man with four little kids rushed up to the counter. As she and Emma scooped popcorn into tubs and filled soda cups, Sydney kept glancing over at her friend. Emma looks so worried, she thought, so desperate, and no wonder. Imagine if my own mother needed an operation and couldn't pay for it. Sydney shook her head. She couldn't imagine it. Not really. Even though she and Emma were best friends, they were very different. Emma was short and blonde. Sydney was tall, with dark brown hair and eyes. Sydney was a bundle of nerves, while Emma usually stayed calm and cool about things. But they also came from totally different worlds. Sydney's parents had been happily married for twenty years. Emma's parents were divorced, and almost never saw each other. Emma lived in a tiny, run-down house in the old village. Sydney's sprawling mansion sat on five acres of land in North Hills, where everybody had plenty of money. Emma works here because she has to, Sydney thought. I work because Mom and Dad don't want me to be spoiled. They want me to learn responsibility. Not that Sydney minded. She thought it was a good idea, and she liked her job. But she knew she could walk away from it without worrying about how to pay for food or clothes or operations. A loud shriek interrupted Sydney's thoughts. One of the little kids she just served had tripped and dropped his giant tub of popcorn. Now he was standing in front of the ticket taker, crying and complaining and blocking everybody's way. Grabbing the broom and dustpan, Sydney sped out from behind a counter while Emma served the customers waiting in line. By the time Sydney finished cleaning up the mountain of popcorn, the concession line was three people deep. She and Emma barely had a chance to breathe until their counter shift was over. Finally, at five o'clock, they were free. Well, almost free. First, they had to empty the trash barrels. Struggling with three bulging plastic bags, Sydney followed Emma out a side exit to an alley behind the mall. This alley gives me the creeps, Sydney declared with a shudder. They walked toward the big metal garbage bins. It's always so dark. Yeah, and the dumpsters stink, Emma complained. She heaved her trash bags into one of them. Sydney swung her arms and tossed her bags up toward the top of the bin. Two of them fell in. The third one caught on the edge. As Sydney reached up to push it over, her silver charm bracelet snagged in the bin's sharp corner. She tugged gently, but not gently enough. The clasp broke. The bracelet began to slide off her wrist. Sydney made a frantic grab for it. Missed. The bracelet skittered over the edge of the bin and dropped inside. Gasping, Sydney stuck her hand over the top of the bin and reached down. All she felt was the smooth plastic of the trash bags. What are you doing? Emma demanded. My charm bracelet fell in, Sydney cried. Oh no! The sterling silver one? Emma asked. Sydney nodded. 
It's been in our family forever. My grandmother gave it to me. She glanced around the shadowy alley and spotted a stack of cinder blocks against the back wall. Help me carry some of those over here, would you? Emma wrinkled her nose. You're not going to dig through the garbage, are you? I have to, Sydney told her. I absolutely have to get that bracelet back. It's my favorite thing in the world. With Emma's help, Sydney stacked two of the rough cinder blocks next to the rusting dumpster. Then she climbed up to peer inside. See it? Emma asked. Sydney shook her head. It probably slid under the bags we just threw in. She grabbed one of the bags and carefully moved it aside. Underneath it lay another bag, split open and spilling out a mound of ripe-smelling garbage. Gross! Sydney held her breath and reached for a corner of the second bag. The bag rustled and shifted, and then it suddenly was heaved into the air, as if it had been punched from below. Something's in here, Sydney screamed. Something alive! Chapter 2 Sydney snatched her hand away and screamed again. Two eyes glared up at her from behind a wad of crumpled napkins. Two angry eyes in a face of mud-brown fur, long whiskers, and sharp gleaming teeth. A rat, she cried. Oh, gross, Emma, it's a rat. Get away, quick, Emma exclaimed. Before Sydney could move, the rat jumped up, its claws scrabbling on the metal lip of the dumpster. It uttered a cat-like hiss and snapped its jaws. Sydney gasped and stumbled off the cement blocks. With another hiss, the rat leaped down from the bin. Emma gasped and backed into Sydney. The rat paused for a moment and stared at the two girls as if trying to decide whether to attack them. Then it turned away and scurried down the alley, its hairless tail dragging behind it. Emma let her breath out. Oh, I feel sick. I really do. That thing was huge. Yeah, let's hope none of his friends are down in the bin, Sydney replied. With a shudder, she started to climb back up on the blocks. Emma's eyes widened. Sydney, you're not going to keep looking in there, are you? I have to, Sydney declared. I really have to find that bracelet, Emma. She gave her friend a pleading look. I'll find it a lot faster if you help. Emma groaned, but with Sydney's help, she dragged some more blocks over to the bin. Then they both climbed up and peered inside. Covering her nose and mouth with one hand, Sydney reached down and shoved some garbage away. Beneath it was more garbage. Orange peels, rotting hot dog bones, grease-soaked papers. I wish we had gloves, she muttered. She lifted some papers between two fingers and tossed them aside. When I get home, I'm going to wash my hands for an hour. I wish we had oxygen masks, Emma grumbled. She sighed and tossed a garbage bag from one side of the bin to the other. The manager is probably here now, Sid. I have to talk to him, remember? I know, but he'll be here for a while, Sidney assured her. This won't take that long. I mean, I know the bracelet's here somewhere. I saw it fall in. Emma picked up a popcorn tub, peered into it, then tossed it away. Let's just hope it didn't fall all the way to the bottom. I want to help you, Sid, but no way am I climbing into this thing. Using a stick she'd found in the bin, Sydney flipped over a mound of trash. Emma, she cried, pointing. I see it. Grab it quick, Sid, and let's get out of here, Emma groaned. Glinting in a dim light, the antique silver charm bracelet lay on top of a tan duffel bag. Sydney bent over the edge of the bin and stretched her fingers down. She caught one end of the bracelet and pulled. The bracelet started to slither free, then caught on something. It's stuck, Sydney announced. Stuck on some kind of bag. She grabbed a handle and hauled the greasy duffel bag up and over the side of the bin. With a sigh of relief, Sydney hopped down and sat on the cement blocks. She set the bag on her lap and carefully untwisted her bracelet. As she did, the bag toppled to the ground. Sydney glanced at it, 
then down at the bracelet. Something caught her eye. Poking from the bag's partly opened zipper was the corner of a bill. Is that what I think it is? Sidney asked. It looks like a fifty-dollar bill. Huh? Emma grabbed the bag and yanked the zipper all the way open. Is it? Sidney asked, busy with the clasp on her bracelet. Emma remained silent. Sidney clasped the bracelet around her wrist and glanced at her friend. Well, is it a fifty-dollar bill? Emma raised her eyes from the bag. You're not going to believe this, she whispered. She pulled the bag open wide. Look! Sidney peered into the bag. Whoa! Stacks and stacks of bills, wrapped in rubber bands. Fifty-dollar bills. I don't believe it, Emma cried excitedly. She picked up one of the stacks and rifled it like a deck of cards. They're all fifties! Emma grabbed another stack and rifled through it. So did Sidney. In minutes, stacks of fifty-dollar bills were spread out at their feet. Wow! I mean, wow! It's at least a hundred thousand dollars, Emma whispered. Unreal! Sidney stared at it, then at Emma. Whose is it, do you think? And what's it doing in the dumpster? Emma slowly shook her head. A hundred thousand dollars, she murmured again, not taking her eyes off the money. A hundred thousand dollars! Chapter 3 Sidney frowned at the stacks of money. This is really weird, to say the least. What do you think it was doing in a dumpster, she repeated. Who cares? Emma glanced around the alley. Then she quickly began to stuff the stacks of fifties back into the bag. We'd better hide it before anybody sees us with it. You're right, Sidney agreed. Do you think it's from a bank robbery or something? Emma shrugged. Maybe the police will know. Sidney closed the zipper and laughed. I can't wait to see the expression on their faces when we hand it to them. Are you serious? Emma asked. You really want to hand all this money over to the police? Sure. I mean, what else can we do? Emma leaned close, her blue eyes blazing with excitement. Keep it? she whispered. Sidney stared at her friend. You're kidding, right? She waited for Emma to laugh, to tell her she was joking, but Emma didn't even crack a smile. She isn't kidding, Sidney thought. She really means it. Think about it, Sid, Emma urged. We can split it. Fifty thousand dollars each. I could pay for Mom's operation. We could finally get our new roof fixed and buy a new— Whoa, Sidney cut her off. How would you explain to your mother where you suddenly got fifty thousand dollars? I'd tell her the truth, Emma declared. Mom wouldn't care. Why should she? Because, Sidney paused, shaking her head. She couldn't believe Emma actually wanted to do this. Look, I don't want to sound like a goody-goody, but Emma, it's not ours. Sure it is, Emma cried. It was buried under a pile of garbage inside a dumpster, and we found it. Finders keepers, right? But, come on, Sidney, anybody else would keep it. Why shouldn't we, Emma demanded. You know what else I could do with this money? I could go to college. I wouldn't have to worry about getting that scholarship anymore, and I could buy some decent clothes. Sidney's eyes widened in surprise. What's the matter with your clothes? I wear the same things every day, Emma sighed. It's embarrassing. But you wouldn't know about that, she added bitterly. You don't understand what it's like to be really poor, what it's like to want something you can't have. But I do, and I'm telling you, we've got to keep this money. Sidney gazed at her, stunned. Has Emma always resented me for being rich? She wondered. Did I just not say it? I never made a big deal about having money. I never bragged about myself or put her down for being poor. I wouldn't do that to anybody, especially to my best friend. Confused and hurt, Sidney stared at the greasy duffel bag. You're wrong about one thing, she murmured. 
I do know what it's like to want things I can't have. My parents don't give me everything I want, you know. Oh, didn't you want a car for your birthday? Emma asked. And didn't they give you one? Yes, but I have to pay the insurance on it, Sydney pointed out. Mom and Dad don't want me to get spoiled, and they keep me on a really tight budget. There are plenty of things I'd like to buy with this money. So let's keep it, Emma cried. What's stopping us? Sydney bit her lip. She had to admit it was tempting, but scary too. We don't know where it came from, she said. The police might be looking for it, or whoever left it here. If we suddenly go in a major shopping binge and they find out, we could be in major trouble. Emma thought for a minute. Okay, here's what we'll do. We won't spend it for a while. We'll hide it someplace and wait to see if there's anything about it on the news. And if there is, we turn it in, right? Sydney asked. Yeah, but if there isn't, Emma grinned, then it's all ours. Sydney let out a nervous laugh. She couldn't believe she was actually agreeing to this. Where should we hide it? Emma asked. Your place? You have that huge attic. No, I don't want it in my house, Sydney protested. I'd be too scared. Well, I don't want it at mine either, Emma said. Okay, help me think of a good place. Somebody nobody would think of but us. How about the old willow tree, Sydney suggested. The one in a fierce treat woods, where we used to meet and have picnics and stuff. Perfect, Emma agreed. We can bury it under the tree. Nobody will ever know. Then we'll just hang out for a couple of weeks until we're sure it's safe to dig it up. Sydney glanced around. Daylight was fading fast. The shadowy alley had grown even darker. She shivered and rubbed her arms. Let's get out of here. Right! Emma rose and picked up the duffel bag. Can you drive us to the woods? Sure, let's just do it, okay? As they started out of the alley, Sydney turned and glanced back. It's not too late, she thought. Take the bag and throw it back in the dumpster. Let somebody else find it. Come on, Sid, Emma urged, giggling with excitement. Hurry! Sydney paused for a second longer. Then, taking a deep breath, she followed her friend out of the alley. There it is, Emma cried, pointing. Sydney gazed along the path that wound through the fierce street woods. Several yards ahead stood an enormous willow tree. Its lower branches drooped to the ground, forming a pale green curtain. We used to sit under there and tell secrets, Sydney thought. It was the perfect hideaway. Now is going to hide our biggest secret ever. Carrying the folding snow shovel from her car trunk, Sydney followed Emma along the muddy path toward the tree. The ground is soft, Emma declared as she pulled aside some branches and ducked under. It'll be easy to dig. I'll go first. She set the bag down and took the shovel from Sydney. She's so excited, Sydney thought. All she talked about on the way here was the stuff she can buy with the money, her mom's operation, a CD player, lots of clothes. She's too excited to be scared. Sydney glanced through the curtain of willow branches. Fear Lake wasn't far from here. She could hear the water lapping at the shore, but she couldn't see it. The Fear Street woods were tangled and overgrown, and dark. Sydney shivered. She wished she'd never thought of bringing the money here. She reached for the shovel. I'll dig now. She jammed it into the hole Emma had started and began shoveling. Before long, the hole was about two feet deep. Emma lowered the bag inside, and Sydney quickly scraped the dirt back over it. Emma set a sand-colored stone on top as a marker, then brushed the dirt off her hands. Two weeks, she said with a satisfied grin. If nothing happens, we'll come back and get it in two weeks. Okay, but let's go now, Sydney urged, folding up the shovel. These woods are creeping me out. As they started back to the car, Sydney suddenly stopped and grabbed Emma's arm. Wait, she whispered. Did you hear that? 
What? I'm not sure. Sydney held her breath, listening. A twig snapped. Leaves rustled. The sounds came from behind them. Emma's eyes widened in fear as another twig cracked. Closer now. Sydney's heart pounded in her ears. Did somebody see us bury that bag? Maybe somebody followed us from the alley. Leaves rustled again, louder, closer. Gasping in fear, Sydney turned to look and screamed as a dark shape leaped onto the path. Chapter 4 Sydney stumbled into Emma and screamed again. Stop it, Sydney! Emma cried, using Sydney's arm to steady herself. It's just a raccoon! Sydney clamped her hand over her mouth and stared down at the dark furry creature. The raccoon gazed back for a moment, its dark ringed eyes bright with fear. Then it shuffled off the path and disappeared into the tangled undergrowth. Sydney let her breath out in relief. I thought... I thought somebody watched us bury the money. Me too, Emma admitted. She pushed her long blonde hair back and laughed. Come on, let's get out of here before we both turn totally paranoid. Sydney took one final glance at the willow tree. Its drooping branches swayed like a curtain in the breeze. With a shudder, Sydney turned and hurried away. Sydney dropped Emma off at her house, then drove home as fast as she could. Her hands were grimy from digging through the dumpster. Her fingernails had crescents of dirt under them. Thick mud coated her sneakers. A long, hot shower, she thought. That's what I need now. But Sydney knew it would take more than a shower to get rid of her doubts. Why had she let Emma talk her into keeping that money? Emma could really use it. She knew that. And it wasn't like they'd stolen it. Was it? Edgy and still worried, Sydney turned her red Miata between the tall iron gates and started up the long, curving drive to her rambling stone house. She followed the drive around to the back, a cobblestone courtyard with a long row of horse stables. Since they only had two horses, three of the stables had been converted into garages. Sydney's father parked his BMW in the first one. As she rolled toward the second one, she braked suddenly. The door to her father's garage stood open. A figure bent over the engine of her dad's car, the yellow garage light glowing on his thick, sandy hair. Jason Phillips, Sydney's boyfriend. I totally forgot, she thought. We're supposed to study together. No way will I be able to concentrate, not after what I've just done. She smiled as Jason waved at her. At least he didn't get bored waiting. Give him a car to fix, and Jason was happy. Sydney waved back, then pulled the Miata into its garage. Tilting the rearview mirror, she checked her face and hair. Dirt smeared her cheeks and chin. A couple of leaves had caught in her hair. She wiped her face with a tissue, picked out the leaves, and hurried over to Jason. Sorry I'm so late. What's wrong with Dad's car? The spark plugs needed changing. I decided to take care of it while I was waiting. Jason peered over the hood at her. Tall and good-looking, he had blue eyes that crinkled at the corners when he smiled. But he wasn't smiling now. What happened to you? he asked. I was getting worried. Oh, I... Sydney groped around for an excuse. I had to work late. Somebody didn't show up. She felt her face get hot and she knew she was blushing. She always blushed when she lied. Come on, Sydney. I'm not exactly an idiot, he told her. If you were working late, you would have called. And you didn't. Sydney twisted a strand of hair around her finger and tried to think of what to say. Jason narrowed his eyes. You're hiding something, he declared. I can see it in your face. I'm not. Yes, you are. Jason slammed a car hood down with a bang. Sydney jumped, feeling a twinge of fear at that blazing look in his eyes. What's your secret, Sydney? Jason demanded. Another guy? 
Were you out seeing somebody else while I waited here like an idiot? No. Then tell me the truth. Jason skirted the car and strode over to her. Where were you? What were you doing? She stared hard at Jason, frightened and confused. Should I try to come up with another lie? Or should I tell him about the money? Chapter 5 If you weren't out with another guy, then tell me where you were, Jason insisted. Sidney remained silent, still trying to decide. Jason's shoulders sagged. I guess I have my answer, he muttered. He started to stride away. No! Sidney reached out and grabbed his hand. It's not what you think, Jason. It really isn't. I'll tell you, okay? But you have to promise not to tell anybody. Why? Just promise, she insisted. Okay, okay. I promise. Twisting his fingers through hers, Jason led her to the workbench at the back of the garage. He took a can of soda from a small cooler, popped the top, and handed it to her. Thanks. Sidney took a long drink. Jason reached out and touched her hair, pulling part of a leaf from one of the dark curls. You look like you've been on a hike, he remarked. He kissed her softly, then leaned back against the workbench. Okay, he said, tell me. I have been on a hike, sort of. Sidney took another gulp of soda, then fingered the silver charm bracelet on her wrist. It all started with this, she added. Taking a deep breath, Sidney told Jason the story, her bracelet falling into the dumpster, the disgusting garbage, the rat, and the grease-stained stuffle bag filled with fifty-dollar bills. Jason stared at her, an amazed expression on his face. A hundred thousand dollars? he asked slowly. Whoa. Are you sure? Sidney nodded. Maybe more. We were too excited to really count it. Jason whistled softly. The whole thing felt so unreal, she went on. Like something from a movie. What happened next? Emma got really pumped. Jason laughed. No kidding. Well, you know she hardly has any money, Jason, Sidney reminded him. She's not the only one. Oh, come on, Sidney argued. Your family's not dripping with money, maybe, but you have enough and you know it. Okay, forget that. Jason popped open another can of soda and took a drink. What happened next? I wanted to turn it into the police, Sidney went on. But then Emma started talking about all the things she could use it for, and I started to get excited too. We argued a little, but finally we decided to keep the money, to take it and hide it. Sidney told Jason about burying the bag of money under the willow tree in the Fear Street woods. When she finished, she almost laughed in relief. It felt so good to tell somebody what they'd done. Jason whistled again. Then he leaned forward, his eyes intense. Okay, listen, he said. Are you sure nobody else is in that alley? Just Emma and me, and the rat, Sidney shuddered. You should have seen that gross, disgusting rat, Jason. It was as big as... You didn't spot anyone on your way out, he interrupted. Nobody followed you to the woods? I'm positive nobody did. Jason nodded to himself. Tell me again about the money, he said. Who actually found it? You or Emma? Well, I found the bag, Sidney told him, and I thought I saw a bill sticking out of it. Then Emma opened it and saw all the money. She frowned at him. Why did you ask that question? It's just too bad that Emma opened the bag, Jason paused, and a strange smile spread over his face. Now the only way you and I can split up the money is to murder her. <laughs>